it's like, what was driving me forward was really just like, I want to see if I can make this work, right? Like, can I just, I knew I would regret it if I didn't try. And if I didn't give everything I could to it. Hi, I'm Adam Chatterley, and this is the Beauty Business Podcast. It's a podcast for people who run a beauty or wellness business. Basically, if you provide treatments or services for your clients, then it's for you. Now, whether you're a skincare expert, a lash technician, a massage therapist, esthetician, permanent makeup artist, waxing specialist, whatever your area of expertise, if you'd like to have more prospects, more leads and more clients than you can handle, and if you'd like to be making more money whilst having more fun than you think should be legal, well, you're in the right place. So whether you're starting out or you've been in the industry for years, I'm going to be giving you the lowdown on the tools, strategies, techniques and systems that will help you. Plus, I'll be offering some inspiration and philosophization to ensure you start having more fun and more importantly, you're making more money in your beauty business as quickly as possible. We're proud to now have over 1 million downloads worldwide and hundreds of five-star ratings and reviews. This is the podcast specifically for independent beauty business owners. So if you want to check out all the episodes, the guides, the downloads, the links and the giveaways, or you want to say hello and maybe ask a question, just head to beautybusinesspodcast.com. Welcome along to this week's episode of the Beauty Business Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chatterley, and today we're talking about resilience, something that you already need in spades when you're running any small business, but still we're all going to need a little bit more of it in the coming months as everything keeps happening, as the costs keep rising, as client spending levels get squeezed. And that already challenging task of being a beauty business owner gets that little bit more tricky to navigate around. Now, before we dive into this week's topic, I wanted to let you know that right now, as this episode goes out, it's early November and I've just released a brand new, well, newly updated and improved version of my how to make the most of Christmas in your beauty business training, all about how to make the most of Christmas in your beauty business. Cunning, hey? But if you weren't here last year or the year before that, you won't know that I believe and have proven that it's possible to make up one third of your entire annual turnover in your business in just that seven week run up to Christmas. And this year, we've made the entire training and the workshop and the planner completely free. You don't even need to log into anything or sign up for anything like that. It's just available for you listeners to check out. Now, we're about six weeks away from Christmas if you're listening to this as the episode comes out. So you've still got plenty of time to take advantage of about 90% of the strategies and the suggestions that are in there. So if you want to check that out, then simply head over to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash Christmas. And the full training is right there, along with the downloadable planner to make everything easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And, you know, if you're listening to this in April 2023 or later, then go and check it out anyway. The sooner you get your plans in place for Christmas, the more you are going to benefit, I promise you. If you want to start making an impact in your business today, then you really should follow my three-step 
seven-day booking boost strategy. Now, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you've taken the opportunity to grab yourself a copy of my incredibly popular, entirely free and very useful ebook, which lays everything out for you. Now, it's now been downloaded by thousands of beauty business owners worldwide, and I get emails every week about how it's helped transform businesses from those starting out to those that, you know, had got a bit stale. It's called the seven day booking boost. And it's quite simply three things that if you follow diligently for seven days, will start to deliver a massive change in your appointments and bookings. Now we've judged it all up a bit. So it's brand new. It's a spangly edition. But most importantly, it's specifically written for beauty and wellness business owners and operators just like you. Now, everything in there will take you just 15 minutes a day, ideally the first 15 minutes of your day, and will increase your reach, simplify and amplify all of your marketing efforts. Now, this in turn will bring you more bookings, more clients, and naturally along with that, more of that all important money that we all want more of as well. Now, it underpins everything I teach to all of my one-to-one coaching clients, and I'd like to share it with you. So if you want a very short, effective strategy and a checklist to give your bookings a boost starting today, go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash boost, B-O-O-S-T, or click the link in the episode description and download your copy with my compliments today. Okay, so resilience then. The power and the impetus to get up and keep moving when things are tough or the world around you just seems to be against you. Now, we've all had to channel some severe levels of resilience over the last couple of years, but even with everything that we've all been going through, I doubt any of us have had to find the levels of resilience and get knocked back and back up again that today's guest has had to master and overcome. Now, when she was 18 years old, Brianna Borton broke her neck in a debilitating car accident, not only derailing her college career at the time, but also affecting her whole life. However, through an unexpected discovery of the rehabilitative power of massage combined with the power of positivity and energy healing, she surpassed all expectations, making a full recovery. And even by the age of just 23, she opened her first business, which was the Dragon Tree Holistic Day Spa. Now, she went on to open an additional two locations, as well as going on now to help others achieve their potential through the treatments, both at the Dragon Tree and also her own transformational energy healing programs. And if that wasn't enough, Brianna has now gone on to create a non-profit organization to empower women to harness their own energy, master resilience and create lives designed by their inspiration. So, Without further ado, come and join me for this inspirational and enlightening conversation between me and Brianna. A very, very warm welcome to the show, Brianna Borton. Thank you very much for spending some time with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Amazing. Thank you. So just a minute ago, I kind of gave you your sort of official um, kind of introduction bio kind of thing. But what I'd love to do, if it's okay with you, before we dive into the the topic uh, for today, I'd love it if you could kind of just, in your own words, Give us your journey to kind of where you are now, what's brought you here, and also how you describe what it is you do now as well. Oh, wow. Well, my journey has been long. I've been in, uh, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years, but really my journey in like the healing world started when I was 18 and I was off to art college. I was so excited about it. It's going to be amazing. And I got into a really severe car accident. 
where Mm -hmm. I broke my neck and I was in so much pain as I think most people that break their neck are. And it ended up being in a brace for a long, long time. And in that time, I couldn't really take any pain medication. I couldn't really be touched. And I just didn't know what to do. Like I couldn't really function very well. And so my stepmom, who is a wonderful human being, was like, I'm going to get you a massage with a nurse who will know what to do, what she can touch and what she can't touch. And so I went to this woman and she also couldn't really touch me at all. And luckily she could do energy work. I had three energy work sessions from her and I had no more pain. And I could then got a job. It was still in my neck brace. I couldn't drive. So I had to like walk everywhere. I walked to the coffee shop and like, you know, did my thing. Um, But at that point, I really knew that this was the place I wanted to spend my life. I wanted to spend my life helping other people in the healing world because it really changed my life. So from there, I, you know, I went and did kind of like the, like old teenage, young twenties thing, you know, just like explored around, um, came back, went to massage school. And then I started working at a spa and I'm maybe bossy by nature. I don't know. I've always found all the ways in which everything can be better. And I, and so I'm always, it was always to my boss, like, you should do this and we should do this and this should be better. And this should be better. And now I realize how annoying that is. I definitely would have fired you. <laughs> as, as a 20 year old um, coming in going, yeah. I think I know better than you do. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, and uh, yeah, totally annoying. I'm sure. Anyways, I did get myself fired. Luckily I met my husband oh. there. So it's super <laughs> worth it. I like got a husband out of it, got fired. And when she fired me, she said, if you feel like you should, you can do this better. You should do it yourself. Oh, and I was okay. like, challenge. Yeah. But I, she was like actually the kind of person where I feel like she actually meant it. She wasn't like being like catty. She was really okay. being like, no, you really should just do it yourself. If you feel like you should do it better, if you could do it better. And so I did. And so I like left there, gathered myself together and started my first spa when I was, I like, I was 22. I just turned 23 when we opened the doors and wow. I was just like, I really do. And eventually that boss became a great client of that spa. And she was like, you did do it better. And she sold her spa and became a client of our spa. It's like, yeah. That's amazing. That's an incredible story. Yeah. She was actually, she's a like really interesting woman. So I started there. I started to like, just build the business. I was a massage therapist. I did all the massages. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of them uh, mm-hmm. worked the front desk, cleaned the toilets and then belly danced yeah. at night to make money. Right. Like I didn't know, like, So, uh, yeah, that's how my journey began. And then from there, just kind of like always following that next evolution, people often like look at my business now and they're like, Oh, was this always the plan? I'm like, no, my plan was that I wasn't going to be like eating the cranberries out of the cranberry tea to, to like survive. Right. Like I wasn't really, I didn't have the big vision. Um, I just wanted it to be I just wanted always to serve people. And I yeah. like knew what I wanted the feeling to be in my, in my spaces and with my clients. And I just like grew it from there. So from there, we opened another spa in the Portland airport for a while, had our spot there. And then we started to really do more of our own manufacturing. So we created our product line and that we started to sell online. Then we opened a spa in Boulder, Colorado. 
And then from there, we really, we started making, creating books. My husband and I, and I have written several books together. We created a planner. We got our products more online. And then we started to do programs online as well. And so we've really, it feels like everything's just been an evolution. And then at some point I was like, I miss being with people. So I kind of went back to doing energy work and really supporting people in their businesses again. So, you know. The whole thing, it's just like every every step of the way is just an evolution. It's really interesting though, that, like you say, you didn't kind of start out with a plan. It's just sort of evolved, but everything has grown into to where you are right now, which is kind of fascinating in a way. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, probably there are some very responsible adult-like humans out there that like have the big plan <laughs> and they just like work I don't think everything. there are. <laughs> I think like, they make it I've up. I've never met one, but like I no, see I've them never on met TV. <laughs> so, it must exist. <laughs> yeah, there are stories of such people. Um, but I just, I, yeah, it wasn't really ever a huge plan. It just was the evo- like really noticing what was needed in every step. And that was what we, how we evolved. Love it. So if someone met you today and said, what do you do now? How would you describe where you are now and what your kind of main focus is? Oh man, I would probably be like, can we just like have dinner together? Cause I have so much to say. <laughs> um, I mean, at this point I am, you know, I'm the CEO of the dragon tree, which is our spas and our mm. product line and our books and our programs online. And I don't actually have my hands in it a ton. I have a really wonderful team. I have a COO and a marketing director and a CFO and they all really run it so well um, mm. that I get to like come in, make make hard decisions and also make good decisions, hopefully. Um, and they really execute very well. So I feel like I'm almost, uh, I've almost, I get to be very, not that involved in that. And then what I mostly focus on now is actually helping people who want to become spiritually rooted stewards of wealth. So I really am helping people who want to build their business, but don't want to do it in a way that like wreaks havoc on our planet, on themselves, or on other people. Perfect. And that's exactly why we're talking today. So that's kind of what we're going to get into. But before we do that, for a bit of fun, I've got some kind of quick fire questions. And you'll be pleased to know that we sat down the other day with my team and we kind of threw out all the old questions and came up with a whole bunch of new ones. So that you're the first person that we're testing some of these Ooh, questions. Fun. So give me your kind of first thing that comes into your head. These are very lighthearted. Don't worry about them at all. Um, so which one of these is more you? Test the waters or dive in the deep end? Oh, dive in the deep end. Love it. Glass half full or glass half empty? Oh, glass wholly full. The whole thing is full. Half water, <laughs> half air. I'm like all the way full for me. Perfect. When you're shopping online, do you sort by price or by rating? Oh, by rating. Nice. I like that. Vacation or staycation? Vacation. Night or morning? Oh, man. Night. I have to choose night. Okay. Uh, prefer to be the passenger or the driver? Oh, driver. Always. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Always, always. <laughs> Art museum or history museum? Art museum. Oh, okay. Car or bike? Uh, I mean, I want to say bike. I like want to be the person that says bike, but if I don't want to lie to everyone, I'll have to say car. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you were honest there. Brilliant. Okay. And finally, easy one, coffee or tea? Well, I just stopped drinking caffeine altogether. <gasps> I know. Shocking, right? 
terrible decision. Uh, <laughs> it's a horrible, very bad, no good decision. Um, but I would still like if I could have decaf coffee or decaf tea, I would choose decaf coffee. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. With lots of cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those so many people keep like trying to say, Oh no, you should give up coffee, it's too much caffeine. I'm like, seriously, there's a lot of stuff that I don't have. Leave me with one pleasure, please. Come on. <laughs> it's a reasonable request for sure. Perfect. Thanks for playing along with those. They're just a bit of fun so we can kind of get to know you a bit a bit deeper. Okay. So um the real reason that we're kind of here today to get on the kind of not too serious, but slightly serious stuff is um certainly with everything that's going on in the world right now, I wanted to talk to you about um kind of focusing around resilience. So I think that mm. is a big thing. Certainly for uh the people who listen to this show, they're all gonna be running their own businesses of various sizes all within the beauty industry. And let's face it, most of them, as you found when you started out, are going to be kind of doing all the stuff themselves. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of all on them, book stops with them, all those kind of things. So when there's all the stuff that's going on in the world, I mean, let's face it, running your own business anyway is a challenge. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of knockbacks, ups and downs that comes with that. But when all the things going on in the world are happening on top of all that, you know, yeah. resilience becomes something that you need to really understand and fall back on. So kind of what challenges have you had yourself around resilience with your businesses? And also what kind of things are coming up at the moment for your clients, would you say? Yeah. I mean, in my life as an entrepreneur, I feel like I've had so many setbacks. So mm-hmm. It's like almost unbelievable that a human survives them all. <laughs> like a, <laughs> I think about the times like when we were starting our Boulder Spa and we were starting the spa. I only started the spa because I already got pre-approved from the bank for the loan. So I was like, mm-hmm. great, got pre-approval from the bank for the loan. It was just like a matter of like getting the paper signed basically. So yeah. I got a space, I hired a company, I got, like got like the contractors all lined up. They all started working and I was just waiting for the bank to give me the money and they kept like delaying. I was like, oh, that's kind of strange, but I'm sure they're going to because they said that they would and I have the contract and all the things. And then we were like probably about two months into it. And I had been paying them from our savings to get pe- keep people going. And the bank pulled out and said, oh. we're not going to give you the loan. And at wow. this point, like contractors are calling and yelling at me. You know, my landlord is yelling at me and at, like, it is just a mess. And then we're trying to get another loan and we're trying to use our building that our other spa is in as collateral. And they're like, wait a second, this building at one point was like a paint manufacturing place way back when. So we have to do all of this environmental stuff. And then they're like, actually, maybe we may have to actually tear down your building. I was like, what? Okay. This is not how I expected this to go. Um, and it was just like, it, I just, like, there was a moment where I was like, oh, it may just all crumble. Right. That just might be what happens. And I realized at that point, like there, I have two choices. I can like just curl up in a ball and cry, which I definitely did some of the time. And, or I can start to really pull myself up and be like, what am I going to do? I went to every bank in Boulder. I actually like went in, like, I was like, I'm just going to go every single day. And I went and I went and I went until somebody said yes to me. And that 
thing of like, it's like resilience and perseverance, right? It's like, I knew that I wasn't going to, I was going to like go down with the ship as it were. Like, I'm like, if this is not going to work, I'm going with it. Like I'm going to do everything I can to make this work because a lot of it was really because of my like clients and my staff. I didn't want to let them down and I didn't want to like have them not have jobs and not have a place to be. And so I think a lot of it for me, my resilience often comes back to what I, how much I care about what I'm actually doing in the world. And now even right, as we, I mean, I'm assuming that most people in my, in our industry have had the similar struggles, right? There was COVID, no one could come in. It was like a whole thing. And then how do you manage that? And then how do you have people spaced apart? So even if people want to come in, it's still like, you have to have a lot of time in between. And then it's like, okay, well now you can see people. And it's like, okay, cool. It'd be really great if I had staff, right? And like, it's like, now we don't have staff and the price of everything is going up. So it's like, we, if you've been resilient through COVID, you, I feel like everyone wants, should have been it should have been like let's have a break here. Yeah, everyone Good should have job. just got an award straight away. Yeah. <laughs> you succeeded. You now well get done. Yeah. You get a vacation and you get paid during that vacation. That's what everyone needed. Totally. And instead there was this whole next wave of issues. And you know, and plus on top of it, just like all the things that are going into the world that are just stressful on our spirits. And so it's like now it's being having to be resilient right after being resilient without any downtime. And I just, I just think first of all, it's just very hard, but coming back into why, right? Like mm. our, I think a lot of our industry is actually here. We create these havens for people, these sanctuaries for them to get out of their stress. And that we also have to remember to use that. Maybe not our own place for me. It's not as relaxing. I actually go to other people's places. I'm like, great. Yeah, of course. Can... Absolutely. Yeah. So we can actually restore and rest ourselves and remember why it's so important that we do what we do. And I actually really believe in this industry. And I believe in people who are creating healing places for people that we are we are so needed. And we have to remember that this is not just about the money. It's about like actually this huge service that we're doing in the world. Um, but we also have to get the support that we need in order to do that. 100%. Now, there's a couple of things I want to pick up there. So it's interesting. A second ago, you told us your kind of your story, your journey. And obviously, you hit the highlights and the, the, the things that you've achieved. And I think because that's naturally the way we explain things, certainly that things that happen over a longer period of time. And I think anyone can sort of listen to those and initially go, oh, well, you know, Brianna just opened one spa and it went fine and opened another spa and it went fine and then had a product line and it all went fine. And it's very easy to kind of think, oh, well, that that just kind of happened. But then as soon as we switched to that conversation where you started saying, you know, nearly lost everything a couple of times, nearly oh, lost yeah. the second spa, which led on to nearly losing the first spa. And we don't tend to talk about those things when we're speaking to other people. So it's almost like, I suppose, that kind of Instagram now view of the world where you look on Instagram, everything looks perfect. But the reality is there's been all sorts of bumps and potholes and things along the way that people have had to get through to get to where they are right mm-hmm. now. And, and, and that is the, that kind of crux of resilience. Do you think, do you think if you, because you said one of the things that helped you in the resilience there was the staff that you already had and your clients. Do you think 
if you'd have hit that same road bump opening up the first bar, you'd have been able to draw on that same level of resilience. Well, I definitely hit lots of road bumps opening my first spa too. I just didn't mention them. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I've ever opened and started a business that didn't have a billion bumps along the way. That was just the biggest. But yep. even in opening our first spa, I mean, I think it helped that I was young and naive, honestly. Like I look <laughs> back and I'm like, good thing 23-year-old Brianna was just like, whatever. Like I had nothing to lose. I didn't have... I didn't even have like my car. The thing that I had that was worth the most money was my like thousand dollar car. I like had nothing. So I didn't really have a lot that I was gambling, I feel like, which helped the feeling. But I remember the day, like three days before we were opening the spot, I was painting part of the floor, this like cement floor in the front of the spot crying, like crying and painting. And I had been working like every day for months until like the wee hours of the night. I was, I started that business with a business partner actually. Mm -hmm. And we were no longer talking at this point. I was crying while painting my boyfriend, who's now my husband was like, Oh, darling, you need to just stop. I was like, I cannot stop. I just like, <laughs> there's crying. no one else to do it. <laughs> yeah, there's no one else. It's really just me. And um, yeah, I, at that point, I it was like, what was driving me forward was really just like, I want to see if I can make this work. Right? Like, can I just, I knew I would regret it if I didn't try and if I didn't give yeah. everything I could to it. And so it was like, because, you know, Many of my friends, when they saw, I mean, many of my friends were, we were all young. We were young. We were children, basically. And they were like, I was like, I'm going to open this spot. I show them the space. They were like, you're going to, what? This is like, a, <laughs> this is not even close to a spot here. This is like an empty warehouse, basically. And I was like, no, no, no. It's going to be beautiful. Just see the vision. And they were like, you should just not. And along the way, so many of those people my family was always like, you can do it. They've always kind of been like that. But my friends were like, no, stop. I would be like, they'd be like, we're going to Burning Man. I'm like, I can't, I have to work. They're like, just stop that business. Like don't have that business. And I just was so convinced that I really could create something that was meaningful for me and for other people. So it wasn't always my staff and like clients that that lent that. I think at different points, it was different things, but I also think it's like, almost like there's this inner fire that I just, I don't know. It just doesn't go out. I mean, it definitely gets low sometimes and I'm like, must go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It needs stoking back up or refueling. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. So Again, another interesting thing you said there. So the resilience along the journey has been different things. You've had to both draw on different things and I guess look at things in a different in a different way to be able to keep going. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I just even think about, you know, even when we when when COVID first started and my first thought was about my staff. I was so worried about them. And then their first thought was also about themselves. And like the, I was, it was really shocked actually at that point and not all. So I don't ever want to class, like a lot of that stuff is still with us and they're amazing. Mm. I would say like 30% of the people that were with us then are still with us now. 
And they were really, they're really incredible people, but even having 10% of your staff be like, I mean, like people just saying like the meanest things. I remember being like, we actually have to close. It is the law, right? And And people like having staff be like, this is the worst thing anyone's ever done to me. You're ruining my life. And you mean like, I'm not doing this to you, but that, that then of course my resilience did not feel like it was coming from my staff. I was like, mm. oh no, this is the worst. So it's like a whole new perspective at that point. And I realized like, oh, right. Then how do we, where do we get resilience from then? And I feel like for me, it's often just like looking to like the strongest resource in the moment. And at that moment, I realized that my strongest resource at that moment was me. And so I was like, okay, that's when I like kind of pulled in and I started my own, I really started focusing on my own coaching business more because I was like, well, we have to get through this somewhat, some way. And I was able to then support so much of what we did through my own, you know, so you just do the thing where you're like expand and contract in order to keep things right for everyone. Yeah. Does the need for resilience, do you think, create or or focus creativity in any way? Oh, a hundred percent. I think that the more creative you are, the more resilient you are. And the more mm-hmm. resilient you are, the more creative you get. Both. I think that Ooh, I it's like the, the cycle that creates itself, but you kind of have to get into the cycle in order for it to work. But I also think that we it just makes us so much stronger, right? I look at back at all of the things. I mean, and we've only talked, we've been what talking for like 15 minutes and I've already told you like very many things that have gone wrong. And I barely yeah. even scratched the surface. of the things <laughs> that have gone wrong. And it's like, and now it makes me so much less afraid. Right. Just like, right. Yeah. And also I know that I will, whatever comes up, I'll manage it. We'll manage it. I think there's a lot of people who, you know, who made it through uh, the whole lockdown coronavirus thing with their businesses and came out the other side uh who i think if you'd have said to them if you'd kind of spelled out the scenario going into it and said do you think you'll be able to handle this i think there's a lot of people who are just going absolutely not no way there's no way i'd make it through but yet in the moment just being dealt that hand yeah we've got to come up with the creative ways i love the creative ways that so many business owners came up with to you know make money still whilst not being able to see clients. I absolutely love the the creativity. So I think, yeah, if you have that that fire, that passion, that why to harness into resilience then and the creativity, then yeah, absolutely. The, the world is sort of your oyster in a way. Yeah. I mean, what is that saying? It's like, um, it's the mother of all invention, <laughs> necessity. Ah, uh, necessity. Necessity is the mother of all invention. Yeah, invention. of course. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, like, it's coming yeah. back to that, isn't it? Love yeah, that. I mean, it cool. makes so much sense. It's like when you have to, you will. Perfect. So then coming back to sort of what you do now, you've mentioned this just a couple of times, but I'm intrigued to find out more. So where does the sort of concept of harnessing your energy come into all of this conversation? Yeah, well, I think that harnessing your own energy actually is part of what makes you so much more resilient. Because I think we often don't think of ourselves as the resource that we really are for our own lives and for our businesses. And so instead of consolidating and holding our energy within ourselves, we disperse it 
in millions of directions. And we kind of like get ourselves tangled, like with our staff and with our clients and with like a situation that happened five days ago and with what might happen in two days from now. And all of these ways in which our energy is really dispersed and so, and leaking most of the time. And if we can actually have move our energy back into us, we are so much stronger. And we then have the ability to be more creative, to have more resilience, to be able to be supportive to other people without feeling like we have to kind of like hold them and do it for them, right? There's this, there's a difference between I'm supporting, I'm supporting you in this conversation, or I'm like supporting you with my energy. And when we pull our energy back in, I feel like we start to create a really beautiful epicenter for our lives, including our businesses. Okay. So what, what kind of things do you kind of work do you do with your clients on energy? How does that kind of, what format does that kind of take? Well, we do a lot of talking first, like talking about what's actually happening. And we usually are reviewing like what's actually going on to see like, is that the issue, right? There could be many others. And then we do energy work where we start to strengthen um, their energy centers. So specifically, we focus a lot on the lower Dantian, which is your energy center below your belly button in the center of your body and pulling energy back there. And then I also just do a lot of energy work with people. Most of my clients, most of my clients don't just know how to do their own energy work to themselves reasonably. Um, And so I often am supporting them and guiding them in that way, but also then helping clear the blockages to doing so, so that their energy is not just consolidated in themselves, but then also flowing in their systems. So I'm presuming then that people, when they come to you, they don't necessarily come to you going, I need help with my energy. (laughs) Some people do, but most people don't. Yeah. Um, I mean, so how does it manifest that for people who don't know it's that what they need is kind of help their, their energy centers. How do they kind of come to you? What, what, what issue do they come to you with? I mean, most people that come to me just want to make more money. Honestly, that's, like the, <laughs> that's just the way it starts. They're like, you make a lot of money. I want to make a lot of money. Help me do that. That's like, you know, it's yeah. kind of the the open door people want to walk in. Um, mm-hmm. And then once they've walked in that door, then it's like, okay, well now, now we see why, like, why isn't this working? What isn't happening here? Like what needs to shift about either like the structure possibly, you know, sometimes it's actually like a structural problem in the business or in their life that needs to be shifted. Sometimes it's a mindset thing. And sometimes it's an energetic thing. And often it's all three. So we get to work on all three levels at one time, helping people so that they do end up making more money, but they also end up being a lot happier at the same time, which is actually what I care. I mean, I want people to make a lot of money too. I love, I love people that are like wonderful, good people making a lot of money. And I feel like I also really want people to feel happy while they're doing that because otherwise it just doesn't mean anything. Are there any kind of, uh, I don't know, triggers, things we can watch out for in ourselves to know if we're, you know, I guess our energy is leaking, we're using it in a bad way or, or we need to focus back in on ourselves? Yeah. I think that when we're like procrastinating, 
taking things personally, when we are self-sabotaging, when we have like an upper limit problem where we like get to a certain place and we can't really get past that place, when we take on the emotions and energy of other people, like these are all things that <laughs> I think you've just described. All of us, right? <laughs> right. I like that is a symptom that you have an energy issue. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Fantastic. Now, another thing, because we, we did have a little chat the other day about this, and I thought something interesting that kind of came out of our chat was, um, I, I don't want to linger all about the coronavirus, but it's, it's a big thing that's recently happened and, and probably affected our industry a lot more than, than many. Um, but I think a lot of people uh, have had cause to you know, question their, their desire to both run a business and, and work in the extended beauty spa industry. Um, so that's kind of led me to kind of think, you know, a lot of people have kind of left by force, you know, they couldn't keep going and they had to get a different job and they've now stayed in that job. And there's a lot of other people who've kind of either had to shut down salons or chosen to shut down salons and work in a different way. And I guess now some of those people might be thinking, you know, should I go back? Is it, the, is it the right thing to do? Because maybe I spent a lot of time studying or I built up a business in there. And I think there seems to be a sense for me that there, are, there is still that doubt out there for people of like, well, what should I do now? Should I go back just because it was what I was doing? Or should I look for something else? Do you have any kind of advice as to when to know when it's right to just keep going because it's what you've been doing? or whether now it's time for something new or a shift. Yeah. So, you know, I come from a place of we should do what we want, honestly. And I know that it's not really like necessarily like the best business advice always. It's not like, you know, I don't know that that's like what Rockefeller would have told people, right? He's probably not (laughs) like doesn't care at all. Right. But I feel like I, I just think that when we're leading businesses that are really, truly what we want in our hearts, like I have a desire to create this and I have this feeling of mission behind me, then I feel like absolutely you should do it. Even if it's hard, even if it doesn't make sense, right? If we always just do what makes sense, then we end up not always doing what our heart wants because our minds make sense in the safest way. Our mind is like, what would be safety for me? What looks like the safest route forward? And often that looks like a career working for somebody else. So obviously that is also not safe, but our mind thinks it's safer because, you know, probably because our parents thought it was safer and their parents thought it was safer. We have a whole culture of like, that is the safe route. But if, but I feel like, so you could have safety and that is really highly important to some people, but the truth is, is that we're not here really to live safe lives. I feel like we're really here to like live our own desires and brilliant life to get to experience what we want to experience. And that that's going to have trials and tribulations. It's not going to be safe, but it's not going to be safe no matter what there isn't really, there really isn't a safe way forward in so many ways. It's all a gamble. And so you might as well be gambling towards something you want rather than gambling your life away which feels like those seem like our options. Like let's gamble towards what we want. And if we fail, we fail and it's okay. You'll be okay. And we all fail sometimes. And there's, it's it's better to have tried and failed than, you know, whoever said that than to have never tried at all. Right. And so 
we might as well go for what we want. And if you've done it for a long time and you're like, well, should I just do it because I've always done it? I'm like, not if you don't like it anymore, right? There are some things that we do for a long time. And then we're like, oh, that's actually not for me. And yeah. like, if it's not for you, that's so awesome. There's so many other things to do. And the skills that you've learned here are so applicable to so many other things, yes. right? There's other places you want to do other businesses you want to create. This isn't the only way to go. If it doesn't light your fire anymore, do something else. Yeah. I love that. So it's kind of like, have that courage. No, listen to your heart, have that courage. I guess if you built one business once, there's absolutely no reason why you can't do it again. And, and you're right. There's, there's an illusion of safety in yeah. everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's an illusion of safety and a great big scary you know caution sign in everything that you're going to do so you may as well do the thing that you really want to i suppose yeah i think so amazing <laughs> cool okay well i think that's potentially a good place to kind of wrap things up brianna it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you thank you so much for spending the time with us um i know what you're saying there especially from the kind of the uh <laughs> the, the who could possibly need help with their energy uh diagnosis of let's face it all of us um people might want to kind of either get in contact with you follow you socially stalk you online what's the kind of best place for someone to first of all follow you a bit and then maybe connect with you yeah if people want to follow me on instagram it's a great place to connect you know if you do like reach out to me dm me on instagram so that i know that you're here i love actually making connections with the people that I'm with on social media. So um, on Instagram, I'm at Brianna Borton. And um, if you ever want to look at my website or anything else I do, it's also BriannaBorton.com. It's nice being the only Brianna Borton, I think in the world, very easy to find me. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same with my name, although I didn't name my business that, which I probably should have done, which will come to another day. <laughs> um, I'll put obviously all the links in the uh, the show notes of this page and in the podcast description as well. So you can, if you want to go and uh, find Brianna, you can just click on those links in there. Amazing. It's been wonderful talking to you. Uh, really, really interesting conversation. Thank you very much, Brianna. I uh, wish you all the very best. I'm sure we'll keep in touch. And yeah. again, thank you for, for spending the time with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been really lovely. So there you go. It was just beautiful to spend so much time with Brianna. You can just tell that while she has been you know, now to the outside world, wildly successful, there's been some serious setbacks to deal with. And it's so refreshing to hear someone to be so open about those challenges, how they've overcome them and what it takes to just keep going when everything just seems to be against you and get so tough. There really is no such thing as an overnight success, even though when we look at Instagram and social media and all those kind of things, it might seem it. Now, if you want to follow Brianna or connect with her, as she said, the best place to do that is on Instagram, where she is at Brianna Borton. And that's Brianna with one N, by the way. So B-R-I-A-N-A-B-O-R-T-O-N. Uh, or you can check her out on her website, briannaborton.com. Both links and more will be available on the show notes pages, which as per usual, you can find at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com. Okay, that is it for today's show. But before you hit the pause button or skip to the next podcast, quick reminder that if you want to make the most of Christmas in your beauty business, whatever it is, and by that I mean make up between one third and a quarter of your annual turnover, that's your annual turnover in just the next six or seven weeks, then go and check out my free training, which will give you a ton of ideas, plus 
show you exactly what you need to do. Now you can check that out at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash Christmas. The workshop is right there. You don't need to sign up for anything or register for a webinar or wait for it to be on at a certain time or any of that sort of nonsense. You're welcome. So have a great rest of the week and I will be back again, same time-ish next week in your ears. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Beauty Business Podcast. My name is Adam Chatterley. And if you've enjoyed this show today, then you must make sure you don't miss another episode. Just click subscribe in whatever podcast application you are listening to this on to be notified when a new episode is released. And if you'd like even more help starting, growing or scaling up your beauty business, then just go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash help. And there are a number of resources right there to entertain, enlighten and assist you in your business journey, no matter what stage you're at. 